and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Ellen. And my name is Anna. And in today's episode, we're discussing Book 6, Chapter 3, Mount Doom, (laughs) Exploring Support in Community. Now, Ellen, we know... We know that J.R.R. Tolkien was a linguist by training, Mm -hmm. and he basically wrote The Lord of the Rings because he created the elven language nerd, and wanted to put a story around it. And yet, our Mount of Despair is named Mount Doom. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you, should you be provided the luxury and opportunity to rename Mount Doom. I mean, though clearly named, perhaps less, you know, less lyrical than other mm-hmm. other spaces. What might you name it? Hmm. Maybe like Well, first of all, I like Mount Doom because Doom seems sort of like onomatopoeia to me of a volcano, mm. like it's exploding, ah. Mount Doom, explosion, boom. So, mm. I I'm a fan of that. Okay. But maybe we could call it, like, the Toasted Triangle or something. <laughs> like, it's hot, it's pointy, a little bit of alliteration. You have to journey <laughs> to the Toasted Triangle. <laughs> Why does it make me hungry, though? <laughs> I did have an English muffin toasted for breakfast today. With blackberry jam? With blackberry jam! <laughs> that I somehow <laughs> got on the door. <laughs> that's incredible i like toasted triangle yeah what would you pick i don't know i i really thought about this and i mean you know we have kirith ungul and gorgoroth and morgai that i just feel true now that you point out all the other (laughs) ones it's like how did we end up here um because i love if i'm honest i love gorgoroth i think that's such a like a good gurgly like it's hard G's, you know, it just, it feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. So I would say something kind of in that, in that realm. Or because we have Mordor and Morgai, like probably something like Morkill or something like that. More mountain. <laughs> More mountain. More More climbing. death. <laughs> Uh, more ash. I yes. don't know. So something that like has kind of that like vibe to it. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Or Thank if you. we have like the eye, um, the eye of Sauron, maybe we do like what's explosive on your body. <laughs> I don't think I can answer that on the podcast. Like, <laughs> I, I was thinking like a nose, like you sneeze, like if you were like the nose of fire or something, mm-hmm. the nostrils of fire. <laughs> Well, that's true, because we do have the eye of Sauron and the yeah. mouth of Sauron. Yeah, and so, so we're, we... we're missing the rest of the face. Right. The hot, molten tongue of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> the flaming mouth, tongue, tip of the teeth, fire. <laughs> the what ir- was the question? The irritable We've bowel lost it? <laughs> of Sauron. <laughs> explosive. Um. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I I love this. This is certainly not, I'm not the first person to point out that there is 
maybe a bit of an incongruency between all of the names I just mentioned in Mountain mm-hmm. Doom. But I certainly wouldn't change it because it. Ha- you're right. It does have a um, very pragmatic yeah. <laughs> and streamlined essence about it. Like, you know exactly what you're in for on Mount Doom. It probably has another name, too. I'm sure it does. Like seven other names. <laughs> well, I mean. The elves called it this. And right. There it is. Here we go. Mount Doom, Orodruin, or Amon Amarth. <laughs> there it is. Amon Amarth is is kind of in the yes. realm of what I was looking for. That's perfect. So in we're saying in the common tongue, it's called in the Mount common Doom. speech. Yeah, translation of Amon Amarth. Okay, well that makes way more sense then for people to be like, that's the bad mountain over there. So we just call it Mount Doom. Doomy, <laughs> old Doomy. <laughs> All right. Well, that was more of a digression than I meant it to be. So no, it's fine. <laughs> Having having said all of that, uh-huh. today's theme is support. And though I was perhaps less than supportive about the naming of Mount Doom, I assume you have a story for us about support and community. I sure do. And this was an easy, easy topic for me to think of a story for. This one really just burst into my mind because it was such a... <laughs> An imprint on on my young mind. Mm. So immediately after college, so not that young. uh, (laughs) I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, what? Yes, she is 22 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. Immediately after college, my boyfriend and I moved out to San Francisco together for a job that he had lined up. I didn't have a job. I had never been to the Bay Area before. I was looking for work. And it was a very stressful stressful move you know we're, we're moving from the midwest to the bay area it's fine we did it in time i did find a job that was it was adequate i didn't love it but you know it was it was fine just not very exciting and we found an apartment that we liked in a neighborhood where we could walk to work and we settled into it into a routine about four months later We got word that the San Francisco office where he worked was closing and that his job was going to be relocated to New York. The message that we got was, you know, move to New York City or you don't work here anymore. So this is only a few months into a full year lease. We weren't quite sure what to do, but my job hadn't really grown on me. I loved the idea of moving to New York. So off we went. If the first move was hard, the second move was a complete trial of willpower. We took turns alternating between lending the other person support and then having a full breakdown. We tried to not time these so that, you know, it would happen at the same time. In addition to supporting each other, The move, which I would like to reiterate, was our second cross-country move in six months. It would not have been possible without the support of a lot of other people, including his company, who paid the moving costs, thank you, a family friend who helped us navigate cashier checks with first month's, last month's rent and security deposit, And then that same family friend who also had to retrieve said cashier check from a broker who tried to rip us off without giving us an apartment. 
We had a family member who let us crash in their apartment for a week until our moving truck could arrive with all of our furniture and just various other friends and family members who let us call and vent until we got settled, which really took quite a long time. There's the saying that it takes a village to raise a child, but it also clearly takes one to move across the country. And I am really grateful that we had such a strong support network to make this work for us in what was, I think, truly would have been impossible had it just been the two of us trying to do it on our own. I remember you calling me shortly after you found out that the job was transitioning to New York Mm -hmm. and the conversation that we had about was it a good idea for you to move to New York, like pro con list, like let's walk through this decision. Yeah. I pull I pulled you, I pulled mom, I pulled dad. I was like, SOS guys, I just got here. <laughs> right. I know. And that's that is a bananas when I think back now on the timeline of that, because you had been there for an amount of time, right? And it uh-huh. felt like some amount of time because we had talked about, you know, your role and and how things were doing or how things were going, I should say, and and whether you were getting settled. And now looking back on it, you were like, you were there for basically one eye blink and then had to (laughs) uproot everything that you had just settled. Yeah. And I remember the cashier's check fiasco as well. Yes. um. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. Like uh, they were, I was, it, uh, Getting an apartment in New York City is so much harder than getting an apartment in other places. You have to come up with a cashier's check with all of this money. We gave it to the the broker who was like, yep, we love this apartment. Let's move in. Super cute. Lower you side. And then didn't hear from him for a week because he went on vacation. Mm. <laughs> and when we finally got a hold of somebody in the office, they were like, oh, actually, that that apartment had been let to somebody else. Yikes. <laughs> they just didn't give us the money back. <laughs> like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fraud. <laughs> you have to give us an apartment in exchange for the money we just gave you. On a cashier's check, what on earth is that? And that there was an issue right with banking because the bank that you had been using like wasn't available in the city. Yeah. And so there was like a whole... It was such a... It was only chaos. It was so... It was so chaotic. But it truly... I I think about it sometimes. Like, when I see people who are moving to New York by themselves, I Mm -hmm. I actually don't think I could pull it off. I think I would run into so many roadblocks that I would be defeated. So blessings to the support community that we had to pull us through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that is my story. I am now going to support you in walking us through the events of this chapter. Please proceed. Well, good, because there are a lot. <laughs> so and I this mean, is a long chapter. <laughs> it's a long chapter. There's a lot of stuff that happens. It's And all of it, I was really having a hard time, as usual, framing up what was important because it all felt important. It all felt important. And again, I said this in the last episode, but so from... The time they left the tower till the end of this chapter, 10 days pass. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not particularly clear when you're reading it. So I think that's some helpful framing to give us here as you walk us through what happened. Right. So we begin where we left off with Frodo and Sam having just escaped the orc company. And they are, like, resting. 
Sam realizes not for the first time, but maybe in a true sort of internalized way that there really isn't a return trip. And so there's this moment of despair, but then he resolves his will to accomplish the task to do what he set out to do. So Sam and Frodo continue on as secretively as the landscape permits. I think last episode I had said basically like moon craters in this landscape, and that's essentially what they do, that that allows them some cover from anybody who might be looking to to find them or watch them. Things become grim as Frodo, who has been kind of a bummer, basically all up until this point, retreats further inward. And time passes slowly, and there's very little to note as kind of they just, again, continue their trudge, continue their plod towards Mount Doom. The Lembus is what's sustaining them, but they have no more water, so obviously that's a very dire situation. At one point, Sam believes that he sees the light flickering eyes, uh, which is to mean Gollum, is kind of following them. They ultimately decide that they don't need their packs, at least certainly not to the degree that they've needed them before, and so they are going to set them aside and only carry exactly what they need. Sam has a very sad moment where he has to toss his cooking pots and pans, which I very much, very much align with. They continue on. At their next rest, Sam sort of argues with himself as to what they'll do with the ring and what role Sam will play. Like, he hadn't really thought about, okay, now that we're coming to the end and there's going to need to be action, I'm not quite sure what that action is. What role do I have to play in it? They begin their last day of journey up the mountain. Sam carries, literally carries Frodo and makes it up the mountain as far as his strength would allow. And then eventually they can kind of see a road and or path up the mountain, which they could not see before. So they crawl up the mountainside. The red eye is revealed and calls to Frodo to put on the ring. Frodo asks for Sam's help. Sam carries Frodo again, and then they're attacked by Gollum, who has been kind of lurking in the shadows up until this point. Sam says that he'll stay and deal with Gollum and encourages Frodo to continue on up to the road, which seems to sort of enter into the mountain at some point. It's their best shot. I don't know that either of them really know what they're, they should expect, but that's what they have. So Sam's going to stay behind and deal with Gollum. Gollum begs for his life and Sam, in a moment of empathy, spares him, but tells him to basically go away and then runs to catch up with Frodo. Frodo, who is now in what I think is called, but certainly in my notes, I've called it the crack of doom, um, has decided to keep the ring, losing the plot entirely. So that's a real disappointment. We're both mad and disappointed in Frodo at that moment. Fortunately, or unfortunately, Gollum does not leave as Sam tells him to. And so Sam, seeing Frodo planning to keep the ring, despairs. Gollum comes up behind him, hits him on the head, knocks him out. Sauron turns his eyes to the mountain, now realizing the peril that's there and redirects all of his forces of Nazgul there. Frodo, with the ring on, um, is now fighting Gollum. Gollum is basically like 
on top of him and on, you can't see Frodo, so it just looks like he's fighting an unseen foe. This is what Sam awakes to. And then Gollum bites Frodo's finger off, which has the ring on it, which is so gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he celebrates being reunited with his precious and then in his hubris falls backwards into the flame of the mountain. Sam watches all the structures in the land fall to pieces. And that's basically where we end our chapter. Crazy. It's a lot. We did it. We destroyed the ring. Destroyed the ring. Podcast. Book over. (laughs) Yay. It's done. The end. And scene. That was... It's pretty... That chapter is pretty crazy. (laughs) There is... It is... um, really 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 sort of slow pacing Mm -hmm. until we get to the mountain and then it feels like an absolute sprint where a lot of things happen all at once (laughs) and they literally sprint they said that they they feel like Mm -hmm. some sort of urgency all of a sudden like quick now or it's too late right which i don't know if that's just a premonition if gandalf like sent them some magic feelings or what happened there but they were right now or never you guys right right and I think, too, I don't know about you, but probably that last burst of energy just to be like, let's get this over with. Mm-hmm. I can see it. there is an end in sight. Let's get it done. Let's get there. Would also be something that motivates me. I felt really disappointed that we had to stop reading this chapter. I was so ready to keep going. I was like, yes, we did it. It is completed. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we were only recording this chapter, so I didn't want to get confused in my brain and keep reading beyond what we were going to talk about. But I was like, okay, yeah, let's record this because I want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because you want to know what happens what next. What next? <laughs> you're really left uh, on the side of the mountain in a bit of a cliffhanger. Literally. Literally. Okay, so that's what that's what happened in the chapter. Um, I'm excited to hear um, what your examples of support were because I think there were a lot to pick from. So many <laughs> in such a wonderful chapter. Sam, all of them are Sam. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, all of them is Sam <laughs> offering support. Frodo does not offer any support in this chapter. That's okay. No, first one, second page of the chapter. This is a quote on page my page 225 from Sam, and he's thinking to himself, quote, So that was the job I felt I had to do when I started, thought Sam, to help Mr. Frodo to the last step and then die with him? Well, if that is the job, then I must do it. And that is such loyalty and such unwavering support. I mean, Samwise, wow. It reminds me of that scene in the first first or second episode of the crown the og with claire foy and the king and prince philip are in the boat and the king is like she is the job because they're he's gonna die soon and he knows that elizabeth is gonna become queen and it's like no the mayor you know blah 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 you being a prince being whatever is not the job she is the job and here is Sam being like, Frodo is the job, whatever Frodo needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Absolutely. Heart is swollen. He is the best of us. Like, yeah. I know that there's a lot of like, if only I could find a man like Aragorn. No, Absolutely you want not. a man like Sam. Y'all, y'all want a Sam. 
Okay, so pay next one is on page 226, and I'm going to loop this together with another quote, so bear with me. The quote is from Sam to Frodo, quote, I'm going back onto the road while the light lasts, Mr. Frodo. And then on page 229, he says, quote, why not lighten the load a bit? And that's him talking about getting rid of their, their things. So both of these quotes, Sam saying, here's the path we're going to take. Here's what we're going to get rid of, is him showing support by making decisions and taking that decision making off of Frodo. And I find that such a joy. And the more you, you know, lean into adulthood, the fewer times in your life you have somebody taking that burden of decision off your shoulders. But when they do it, it is wonderful. And thank you for your support. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially, like, I know that this often comes up a lot of times in, in partnerships, so I think this is a good example with Sam and Frodo, where that's called, um, like, emotional or mental labor. So being able to prepare so it's not just the task itself right of carrying the ring it's all of the decisions that go in to make sure that we have enough food and that we're rationing our water and that we're reading the room and resting when we need to and pushing us when we don't need to that's sam making all Mm -hmm. of those decisions and that is a huge burden that he is shouldering on behalf of frodo even if he never even if he never carries the ring Mm -hmm. and so too in our, our our same partnerships. I think that's a really good reminder that decision making often is a very heavy load, but it is rather invisible. And so to be mindful about when we can do that for others is often very helpful. Be the Sam. Be the Sam. And when you can't be the Sam, no, just be Don't the, be the Frodo. Don't be the Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, my next example is on page 226 at the bottom of the page. And this is, they're talking about, wow, their luck is holding because they have not seen any other people, any other orcs walking around. Quote, all the land now brooded as at the coming of a great storm. For the captains of the West had passed the crossroads and set flames in the deadly fields of Imlid Morgul. And this is support unknown from their friends. They don't know why they haven't run into anybody else. They don't know what Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, what they're all up to. But the captains of the West know. This is their hope. They're going to try to draw the eye, be the bait, pull the great eye away from his own lands. And, oh, hey, 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 look over here. Look at us. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's a difficult type of support to give because a lot of people like or maybe I'm just projecting here, you you like the acknowledgement mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, thank you for doing that for me. And this is a totally unacknowledged sacrifice that they're they're making here, the captains of the West. And I think it's also, it's tricky to measure that impact. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not necessarily driven by the acknowledgement, you may be driven by like the certainty that what you are doing is helping. Right. And really, this is kind of a tangential hope that this is going to have the impact you hope it to, right? Which is absolutely a reason to do something, but it's much less certain and much less of a guarantee. And so therefore, you know, there's a real risk that that could have not been helpful at all and that you don't see, you don't see the impact, right, that it has. You just kind of have to trust. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really hard, yeah. you know? So I think, I think that's a good call out there. 
Yeah, we lo- we love their their sacrifice, and then they do for a hot second there. They think that it is all for naught when the mouth the mouth of Sauron comes out with the the mithril coat. Mm-hmm. But it totally worked. <laughs> but it totally works, and I think that's a good reminder too that like the the support is not lessened for your inability to see its impact, mm-hmm. right? So to to do those kinds of things where you can is really helpful still. Yeah. Okay, we're we're almost or about a third of the way through my examples here so we got we got more to more to talk about (laughs) right 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 right. Um, on page 227 we get to go and talk about the lembus a little bit quote lembus had a virtue without which they would long ago have lain down to die and then it goes on to say and yet this waybread of the elves had a potency that increased as travelers relied on it alone and did not mingle it with other foods. It fed the will and it gave strength to endure and to master sinew and limb beyond the measure of mortal kind. And so this is, I think, a good example of, again, what we were just talking about with friendship and support that you can't really see being given to somebody because they got this bread literally so long ago galadriel she's got the ring but she probably can't see what they're up to in wardor and so she's just hoping that the stuff that they were gifted this food that they were gifted will actually continue to support them and carry them through and it 110 percent does absolutely it gets stronger as they stop eating the delicious cheese that faramir gave them well, and thankfully, again, we're back to Sam making really good decisions. He's had the wherewithal to really reserve the Lembus mm-hmm. for this part of the journey and to be mindful about rationing it. Yes, and to eat the stuff that's going to expire first, first. Right. If only I could be that strong of will when clearing out my fridge. I know. It's tough. Okay, my next example is on the same page, page 228. I have so many things underlined. I, like, am lost (laughs) trying to to find it here. So the quote is towards the top of the page. Quote, All would long ago have been spent if they had not dared to follow the orc road. For at long intervals on that highway, cisterns had been built for the use of troops sent in haste throughout the waterless regions. And the infrastructure of Mordor, surprise, we didn't know that that was going to exist, is supporting them. And I liked this because this was sort of, in my mind, the opposite of what the captains of the West are doing. They're supporting, they don't know if it's working, but they hope it is. And then the enemies in Mordor are also supporting, but they don't know it. And they, I'm sure, are hoping that it's not working. It's the same thing mm-hmm. of like you don't quite see the the final support given, but it's being unwillingly wrested from whoever put those cisterns there. Mm-hmm. When it it opens up a bunch of questions, which I'm sure someone on the internet has answered about like, okay, who's building this for what purpose? How long have those been there? Like, I just I, it I hadn't considered that it would be anything less or anything more than a bleak barren landscape and so the fact that there is like a road and there are water you know cisterns available is Mm -hmm. interesting to me it's hot out there it's hot sweating it's a dry heat it's a it's (laughs) 
Okay. And so actually I lied earlier. We do get to talk about Frodo a little bit here. It's not just Sam all the way through. So top of page 229, Sam is offering the support to carry the ring. And he says, quote, then let me carry it a, a bit for you, master. He said, you know I would and gladly as long as I have any strength. And Frodo loses it. He's like, stand mm-hmm. away. Don't touch me. It's like, I didn't. I'm just standing here politely mm-hmm. offering to share your burden. And that is declined support. And I think when support is given with the best of intentions and it's given with your whole heart, it, it really hurts to have it declined and have somebody be like, nope, I got it. Or in Frodo's case, get away, you wench. So I felt for Sam here because I know he's just trying and Frodo, Frodo's not in a space to accept. No, Frodo has borderline descended into madness. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he can form a coherent thought at all is pretty outstanding. Yeah. But yeah, Sam is Sam is in a pretty tough bind here. But he is continuing to offer support. So let us move on to page 233. And this is in the middle of the page. <laughs> On Frodo, it's it's funny, but it's sad. Begins to pitifully crawl up on his hands and knees towards dark towards Mount Doom, and Sam says, "Quote: I said I'd carry him if it broke my back, and I will." And then he literally picks up Mister Frodo and carries him up the mountain. And this is, I think, the most this is the most straightforward support that he offers throughout the chapter is the physical carrying of Frodo. Up Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. Also, if you've never seen a wife carrying competition, now would be a good time to pull open a, another tab if you are uh, in front of a laptop and just take a look that that's out there. I was not prepared for you to mention that they are bananas. They are bananas. <laughs> they are bananas. And that's kind of what I pictured here. Sam carrying Frodo up, like wife carrying competition. Okay. Two more examples left. Page 235. This is the only time that Frodo actually asks for Sam's help. It's toward the bottom of the page. Uh, The eye has, like, gazed towards them or something. And, like, somehow this glimpse has really hurt Frodo. And he feels the, the weight of the ring so acutely and he lies down basically passes out and he says help me sam help me sam hold my hand i can't stop it because his hand is like pulling towards the ring and he wants to put it on and sam does he holds he holds frodo's hands and prevents him from putting on the ring and giving them away and i was really really proud of frodo for asking for that help towards the end absolutely it's a tough thing to ask for help and to know that you're but to but to feel that level of support from sam and to know that if you ask for it he will be a help um is such a lovely a lovely thing to rely on especially after he already offered and you denied it and then you went Mm -hmm. back and still were able to ask for help so good for frodo right and then our last example is on the final page of the chapter And it's the last quote of the chapter. Frodo says to Sam, I am glad you are here with me, 
here at the end of all things, Sam. And I think that's Frodo. You know, the ring is gone. The veil has been lifted. And he is so grateful for all of the emotional and physical support that Sam has given him over these this past, I don't know, six months at least, but the past 10 days, certainly. And I just like that he gives that little call out to Sam. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's any amount of acknowledgement that could be proportionate to the role that Sam has played. And yet to have, at the end of all things, Frodo's like last acknowledgement be to Sam feels so affirming to yeah, me. That's really sweet. And those are my examples from the chapter. Those were really good examples. Well, there were so <laughs> many. <laughs> there were so many examples. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's just one big old support. The whole thing is support. Everything is support. Start to end, right. But with that, I think we should do our talking with Tolkien. Do you have some quotes to share with us? I do. Okay, so on my page 264, Sam and Frodo are chatting. Sam is trying to remind Frodo of some happier memories, uh, memories of, like, real food, not just the Limbus. Frodo says that he can't remember anything, like he feels nothing except for the burden of the ring. And um, Sam very sweetly says, quote, then the sooner we're rid of it, the sooner to rest, he said haltingly, finding no better words to say. Talking won't mend nothing. And I liked that as a little offer of support as well. As someone who tends to overanalyze and kind of can spiral in that moment as a reminder that Sometimes you don't have to talk about something because it ultimately won't fix it mm-hmm. and talking about it won't necessarily make it better. We're just going to do it. We're just going to do it. We know we know what we have to do. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, then my next quote was on page 273. And I just liked this little moment of Sam kind of empathizing with Gollum. So he was going to, like, maybe end Gollum's life, um, but then he realized, like, kind of deep within him, he, he wouldn't be able to do that, quote. He himself, though only for a little while, had borne the ring, and now dimly he guessed the agony of Gollum's shriveled mind and body, enslaved to that ring, unable to find peace or relief ever in life again. And I like that Sam, even among the most dire situation, can really take a step and be empathetic um, to Gollum. And ultimately, right, like that sparing of Gollum's life is what allows the journey to be a success. And Gandalf called it. And Gandalf called it. And then my last quote is just, as everything falls apart, there was such a good description of it. So this is my page 276. Quote. Fire belched from its riven summit. The skies burst into thunder, seared with lightning. Down, like lashing whips, fell a torrent of black rain, and into the heart of the storm, with a cry that pierced all other sounds, tearing the clouds asunder, the Nazgul came, shooting like flaming bolts as they caught in the fiery ruin of hill and sky. They crackled, withered, and went out. Dead. So good. (laughs) Dead. D-E-D. Dead. Did. 
and good riddance. No, that's so good. Also, I'm seeing now that we do get the word Orodruin up there. So mm-hmm. I think my brain had just blacked that out. I'm like, another proper noun. Who knows what that is? <laughs> yeah, truly. And I don't think we really get that anywhere else unless it was much earlier in the book. So I s- similarly said, uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> and moved on. Sure. Why not? That thing. And I feel like some of these... So, some of these quotes would be so well read in the voice of the woman who does the official sad beige. Oh my god. As Herner Wurzog. Yes. <laughs> That'd be incredible. <laughs> sad beige clothes for sad beige children. <laughs> Fire belched from its ribbon summit. <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't seen the sad beige lady on TikTok or Instagram, go look her up. It's called official sad beige and it's hilarious. <laughs> It's, it's so quality. All right. So those are my quotes. Uh, what quotes did you have? Uh, I only had one. I only had one notable quote. Um, probably because I was overwhelmed by all the other things I had to underline. And I was like, I don't know. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing's left. Whole pages are highlighted. <laughs> so I went I went for, for a Sam quote. It's not something he said, but it's about him. It's on my page 228. Quote, Sam drowsed, leaving the morrow till it came. He could do no more. Mm. And that is a good reminder for me that sometimes things aren't done, but it's just time to go to bed. <laughs> and you'll, mm. you can do more tomorrow. <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> well, it's just, we're, we're just going to go to bed. We're going to have a little drowse. Um, and we'll, we'll do more tomorrow, but no more today. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining some of your book pages look like when um, Alexis from Schitt's Creek is in school and she's just highlighting the whole yes. page and david's like you missed a p- yeah. <laughs> missed a bit yes that is that is what it looks like <laughs> very good well now i'm excited because although this chapter was delightful mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons and it was lengthy right we sort of come to the end of a lot of what's available in like the movies and so now we get to like really delve into a lot of the the stuff that didn't quite make it in or is only in like some of the super extended director's mm-hmm. cut version. Right. So I'm I'm excited because it's been a minute since I've I've engaged with that material. Which is literally the director the extended version of this is literally four and a half hours long. So Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is a half day. <laughs> you must commit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Action item. Yes. <laughs> um, so those are some great quotes. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited about the next chapter. But before we get there, we have to talk about your action item. How are we going to action support in our community? Well, you sort of called it out a little bit when we were chatting earlier. But oh, no. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's good. I'm like, yeah, she's right. I already wrote it down. <laughs> uh but one thing that's hard to do is to ask for support when you need it so that's this action item a lot of people myself included struggle with doing this with asking for support or for help when you need it but people like feeling as though they've helped out and it's good for you to admit when you need a little bit of extra help and support so next time you're struggling ask for support I love that. 
I love that so much. And it's it's a it's a really good reminder because a lot of times I think we're kind of inundated, at least in the US, with messaging about like, I did it alone and no one helped me. And those are just I mean, they're lies. <laughs> Everything requires someone else to support or to help or to clear the path or to come first and so there's no shame in asking for support mm-hmm. and getting into a good practice of that strengthens your community. Absolutely. So I appreciate that reminder. Today's podcast was most certainly not brought to you by the Ring of Power as it hasn't been destroyed in Mount Doom. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dunn. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or an email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in Fellowship. I also felt... Oh my god, what was I going to say right there? lost it I felt something (laughs) but the feeling the feeling is gone it's past dang it what was I gonna say great alright outro (laughs) excuse me yes let me go ahead and outro (laughs) alright (laughs) 